Time. Got clock in. Yeah, the old factory. <laughs> we got all kinds of things. You want ghosts hanging from the ceiling? We got it. You want like, spiders? We got we got them too, and Gerald's terrified <laughs> of them. It's not a healthy work environment. Asbestos, none of it. We did. It's actually it's not too bad once you get used to it. <laughs> I got that. I got that pizza power. I'm ready to record. Whoa, are you a ninja turtle? Oh my gosh. I sure hope not. Thank <laughs> <laughs> God. Those fellas got a whole other list of things they have to deal with on a daily basis. Yeah, like being a turtle person. <laughs> <laughs> it's rough stuff. Welcome to Monster Masquerade. I'm Faye. And I'm Mint. Folks, we are <laughs> we are rusty, apparently. Yeah. But for good reason, we, we done survived the ice storm of the century. Yeah. Has it been that long since we were, I guess it has. We were yeah. like some behind the scenes. I feel like we were fully set to like ramp up production and stuff. We had like a list of movies and things that we were going to cover. And then everything froze over and we lost yep. power for like a week and a half. Yeah, I I was lucky. I kept power, but I didn't plug in my PC to like conserve energy. Right. I just kind of blobbed in my bed. Mm -hmm. So, but we're here now, and we're it's here now. It's all good. It's gonna be cozy. We're gonna have yeah. fun. I am determined. I feel like this is gonna be a super rad episode. I'm really excited about this episode. I'm interested in how I will try to make it wholesome. Yes. <laughs> There's there's definitely a moment, and we'll get to our... I like that we started doing the um, trigger warnings and content warnings in the last yes. episode, so I think we'll keep that going. Overarching trigger warning for the whole show is definitely like, it's horror. Yes. People are probably gonna die, so that might be a thing. <laughs> but if there's anything like super egregious yes, yeah, or yeah, worth yeah. mentioning, we'll we'll cover it. Um, oh boy, is there. So today we're going to be talking about The Evil Dead, the first movie, not the series, not the remake, not the TV show, just not the musical. The not the musical. That's a thing. Uh -huh. Just just the first movie. It'll be mm -hmm. real fun. Before we do that though, I know there's there's been a lot of preamble to the to the show. I want to take a step into the Correction Cafe real quick. Oh, and everyone get a cup of Joe. Yes, yes. We're going to address something from, from the previous episode. We probably won't do this a ton unless, I don't know, I just felt the need to for this one. Uh, yeah, hi. Welcome to the Correction Cafe where we serve you up a nice slice of humble pie. Uh, I'm your server, Bunny. Did you know in your last episode uh, on Freaky that you got a couple things wrong? Pretty shocking, yeah. I know. The, the guy that got his head smashed by a bottle was actually decapitated and somehow you missed that, you big dingus. Me too. I don't know how we both missed that. I don't, I don't mm, know. Delicious pie. Mm. So good. Mm. <laughs> and also, uh, 
Christopher Landon, the director, is an openly gay man, and so he uh, wanted to incorporate a gay character that was very open about their sexuality. And so that's why Josh is like that TM, but that doesn't stop it from being kind of weird. Uh, yeah. I feel like it's very important. Christopher Landon seems like a cool dude. Uh, but that's it. That's 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 all, that's all the pie you get for today. Here's a tip. That's not how restaurants work, but don't put coffee grounds into your sink. Don't do oh, it. Oh, why? It'll clog it up. Oh, Big mess at the Correction Cafe. <laughs> well, I'm learning so many things today. Yes. Uh, okay. Okay. Bye, Bunny. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay. Yeah. Hi. Yeah, some delicious pie. <laughs> that's what that's what I think all commenters sound like whenever we get corrected. Well, actually, <laughs> <laughs> gotta go way up in your nose. Yeah, that character needs a name too. Uh, mm. So let's just hop into it now we've been we've been wanting to record this forever and now we're here this this is the second movie that we got to watch together yeah i kind of like just watching them together and it's really fun i would like to sometime like somehow on patreon like let people listen to us react maybe to a movie we haven't seen before i think that'd be Mm -hmm. really cool yeah so you had seen this like once right I think I'd seen this one a couple times, but forever ago, I'd seen the remake once. Okay. Because I pointed out, I was like, are they not going to do this thing? And I was like, ah, that's the remake. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I thought I hadn't even seen the remake, but I had. Okay. I've seen all of them, but the remake and most of the TV show, I think. Yeah, you're you're way ahead of me. It's very fun. And Nisna watched it with us too, (laughs) as his first time watching it. And I forget... It's watching this for the first time is an experience. It really is. This movie wa- was released in 1981. It is a product of Sam Raimi. He wrote and directed it uh, and did a ton of things for it. It was like his first major movie. You probably know him if you if you grew if you was a 90s kid. You probably know him from directing the uh, Spider-Man trilogy with Tobey Maguire. Who is Spider-Man? He's a criminal, that's who he is. A vigilante, a public menace. Um, the best Spider-Man. He's a mega nerd. Miles uh, Morales. <laughs> I love Miles so much. I love him too. He's carried a lot of like the things that set precedent in this movie forward into pretty much everything he's done. This movie got an NC-17 uh, rating when it came out, and we'll get into why later that's probably an actual actually really good segue into our uh, specific trigger warning for this film trigger it, warning it is gory as hell the There's gore is like that. super campy so it's not too bad but like there's some moments where if you're a little squeamish yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna be rough there's a couple moments i'm not even squeamish where i'm like mm-hmm <laughs> And then the bigger one that we will get to is that there is a scene of sexual assault. We'll talk about it, but even Sam Raimi to this day is like, yeah, I kind of regret putting that in my movie. And we'll get into into why. Watching that with people, I don't know how I watched that movie with my parents. (laughs) (laughs) Because like watching it with you and Misto, I was just like, I'm uncomfortable. Right. The first time I watched it, I was by myself and it... I felt like it took forever 
Um, yeah. Like, oh no. Yeah. I didn't know it was so early either. I forgot it was so early. Mm-hmm. But just there's there's that warning. Um, so, and we'll we'll mm-hmm. we'll give you like a notice right before we talk about that scene. But yeah, the Evil Dead is based on Raimi's 1978 short uh, Within the Woods, um, which also starred Bruce Campbell and Ellen Sandweiss, who played uh, Cheryl. Uh, Ash's sister in the movie. I have a ton of fun facts about even just that short, but what should we what should we talk about first? Mm, I mean, they got the funding for the movie from the short, which I think is really cool. Yeah, yeah, just from people liking, and they got the funding. A fact I found was that Stephen King was such a huge fan of The Evil Dead that that's like how they got a shit ton of their funding for the second one. Huh. Okay. Uh, his fans kind of all pitched in with him and funded it. Oh, that's very cool. Sam Raimi's also like a huge uh, horror fan. And so you can you can spot a lot of references and stuff. I guess I can talk a little bit about the, the short that it was based off of. Yeah, yeah, um, you can do that. And then we can just like talk about plot. Yeah, because a lot of it did carry over to the main thing. If you thought if you thought this movie had a low budget, oh boy. The short that it was based on had a budget of sixteen hundred dollars. It's thirty-two <laughs> minutes long. Uh, it was filmed on Super Eight, which is like super very small picture quality. Plot-wise, it's pretty much the same. It's about like these two couples who go camping. Uh, uh, the major difference is that in the short, they go camping on what is a quote Indian burial ground. It's it's a product of the time. Um, yeah, very 80s, very 80s. Oh, Ancient burial ground. Yes. <laughs> like the other major thing in the in the short is that Bruce Campbell's character, who's just called Bruce in this in the short, um, he dies like very early on and becomes like the first deadite or zombie character. And so he is like stalking all his friends throughout the movie. And Ellen Sandweiss uh, is essentially the final girl, which they kind of flip when they brought it to like a full feature. That's really interesting. There's a couple of like scenes that like shot for shot were remade when they did the the full movie. There's a scene where he chews off his hand and there's a couple of like the part where the ankle gets grabbed and like other things like that. Here's a fun fact I figured that you would appreciate. Uh, When they went to show Within the Woods, for a long time, it was double featured with the Rocky Horror Picture Show. In oh, 1979. Yeah. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. So, because it was Super 8, it was like a square footage that took up, I think it said like less than a quarter of the screen from a projector that they had to wheel in. So, very determined and somehow still blew up and and got them funding for this bigger picture. I think that's smart too because Rocky Horror blew up as well. Oh, yeah. You want to talk about two things with like a cult following like... Yep. This first movie in Rocky Horror definitely fit that mold. That is probably why I watched this movie growing up. Because mm. my dad is like, he would dress up and go to live like Rocky Horror shows like in 79 in the 80s. Mm-hmm. So, he probably saw like the short. Oh, that's really cool. I don't know if they like toured with the short, but I know they for oh. sure did with the the final movie. Oh, I did find the eight page script and the uh, short online and... Uh, I shared it with you. 
I, I skimmed through the short because it's so pixelated. It's kind of hard to watch <laughs> online. Uh, but I was like, I'm going to watch this, and then I did not. Yeah, the, the script is <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of how it got made. We want to get into like production of the full movie. Uh, Sam Raimi turned uh, 20 right before they started filming it. He, Bruce Campbell, and their producer, I think his name is like Robert Tapper, something like that. They all dropped out of college to make this movie, essentially. Um, risky, but it worked out for them. Oh, yeah. He, he has known Bruce Campbell since 1975. In an interview that I read with Ellen Sandweiss, uh, she said that the three of them used to do high school theater together. Aww. So they're just all, they're all they a bunch all of nerds. Friends. Yeah, little mm-hmm. nerds. That's cute. I mean, it shows because the movie is really good. Like, despite being campy and like low budget, it's really it's like it's loved for a reason because it's very good. Right. It was filmed in an abandoned cabin in Tennessee. And I have so I have an entire page of just like the nightmare that was production. But we can get into the basic plot first if you want to do that. Can you you stay at the cabin? So, (laughs) so no, uh, because... Well, one, it's, it is private property now, um, although yeah. people do still go there and loot part of it. Um, oh, production was so haggard that towards the end of it, they were like actually burning furniture and stuff to stay warm. Um, oh, no. Because there was no electricity or running water there. And Ooh. so I think in an unrelated incident, the cabin was burned down uh, oh. or destroyed. Oh, but you can still go to, like, where the plot of land is and people will, like, take stones and stuff. That's cool. You can go, um, kind of related, but you can go stay and, like, eat at the house that the Texas Chainsaw Massacre was filmed in. It's in Texas. Huh. I yeah. would not want to. <laughs> it's, it's really cute. They, like, it obviously doesn't look the same because it was kind of just, like, a set house. You oh, know? Okay. So they, it's more like a museum to Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and it's on this like really old railroad that has a B and B, and they have like ghost tours and stuff. Okay, I might, I yeah. might be more into that. Yeah, it looks really cute, and the menu at the restaurant looks amazing. There's no like, it's not like a themed restaurant. It's just like, oh, here's like a little bit about Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and then also here's our cute restaurant. Mm-hmm. Huh, this is very neat. Maybe we should check it out. Bonus content. We're gonna go there. <laughs> oh my god, I really want to so bad. It's only like a few hours from here. We'll do like, we'll become vloggers and be like, what's up gamers? We're here <laughs> at the Texas Chainsaw House. That'd be uh, so fun. I always wanted to be a vlogger. I want to be a vlogger. <laughs> I want to vlog stuff and go places, you know, like, hey guys, I'm eating a food. Wow. <laughs> I, I definitely might have tried doing that a couple times. Um, That's anyway. cool. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Many of those videos do not exist any longer. Heck. Do you want to go over uh, the basic plot? Yeah. So, broadly, it's these people, these friends. They're all just getting away to the cabin. Do they say why? They're, like, just going on a little trip. I think it's just, like, a break, and they say it's dirt cheap. So, they're just going to go. Yeah, Yeah, they do. (laughs) They're going to get high and drink. Yeah, they're like, we're going to go pop. Wow, we're friends, and like it's two couples, and then one girl who's not a couple, mm-hmm. and like, uh, and they're going to this cabin, and they get there, and they're like, "Oh wow, a cabin! There's a basement," and they're like, "Let's go in it," 
And then <laughs> so they go in the basement and they find this book and these tapes. And the book is scary looking. And they open it and they're reading it and they're listening to the tapes and they're like, I believe I have made a significant find in the Kandarian runes, a volume of ancient Sumerian burial practices and funerary incantations. It is entitled Naturan de Manto, roughly translated Book of the Dead. The book is bound in human flesh and inked in human blood. The tape's like, oh, I said these things, and then my wife became a zombie and they had to chop her up. The first few pages warn that these enduring creatures may lie dormant but are never truly dead. They may be recalled to active life through the incantations presented in this book. It is through recitation of these passages that the demons are given license to possess the living. So they keep listening to it and he reads the things into the tape and then the ground is shaking and like all these like, they're kind of like demon things. Like they've been sleeping. They've been taking a nap. Yeah. Which is kind of awesome. Ah, they're napping. <laughs> these teenagers came in and woke them up for no reason. Mm-hmm. So they're angry because they've been woken up from their nap. And they're like, oh, we're just going to possess you and fuck with you. And then you have to come join us. We're going to kill you. We're going to kill you. So then it's just them killing them and like being zombies and mm-hmm. all the all the shenanigans. And then the ending, whenever they get out, one of them gets out. Yes. <laughs> but mm-hmm. that's the plot summary. They're not really zombies. They're like. No, they're not called deadites in this first movie, but that is the term that they will use in like the sequels and the series. So we can, if you want to call them zombies, that that's probably okay. Um, yeah, well, like because I don't really like zombie movies that much, right? And they're different because they each. But my favorite part about the deadites is they have like their own personalities. Mm-hmm. Not all just like Ugh. like they all act differently. Yeah, which I think cool that's that's a cool idea so all kind of like individual demons and stuff that slowly mm-hmm. possess everybody except yeah. for our main character ash who is our final guy our final himbo yes it's it's a pretty basic plot that <laughs> changes as the universe expands and gets more and more wild with each sequel and stuff. But this one is pretty straightforward and that's not like a knock on it. Uh, I think when you hear like simple and stuff, people are like, oh, so it's not good. But I like it, things. Yeah, it, it lends itself well to like the visual storytelling and the thing that Sam Raimi wants to do. And that is just like have a bunch of blood and gore and like dark comedy. Um, yeah. And so it works, it works really well together. I talked a little bit about the cabin itself, how it was just kind of in the middle of nowhere. Uh, (laughs) I have here in my notes that the evil dead is the most non-student student film ever Okay, because the production of it sounds like it would have been actual hell. (laughs) They had actual injuries and illnesses that occurred uh, due to the lack of water and electricity that I mentioned. There was no heat, so they had to burn furniture to keep warm. One of the actresses, I think it was the one who played Linda. I'm bad at their names. I'm so bad at their names. That's okay. I don't think we have to memorize them for this one. Betsy Baker accidentally had her eyelashes ripped off because the uh, makeup was so heavy and caked on and not oil-based, which I think is what keeps it 
Keith's makeup from like ripping hairs. Oh god! Uh, oh yeah, it's this is real dangerous. The contacts that they wore. Bruce Campbell described them as being quote like Tupperware. Um, you could only wear them for like fifteen minutes at a time before you had to take them off because they did not let the eye breathe. Uh, Why? I you know, they're cheap and easy and. I did, as someone who's like been on film sets before, you eventually reach a point where you're just like, fuck it, we have to get this done because there is no money and we're not going to be able to come back to this space. That last part wasn't an issue, but the money definitely was. You would think that like, oh, this was probably shot in the course of like, you know, a couple weeks or whatever. Production took months because they had to stop at points to go beg for money. Ah, <laughs> like there are a ton of interviews where they were just like, yeah, we put on suits and we like, I mean, Sam Raimi was literally like 20 years old. So they would just go to like people and be like, hey, can we have money for our thing? They would wait tables and do dishes and just like whatever they could to put this thing together. It got to the point where Sam Raimi literally worked himself into exhaustion and would pass out on set, like just standing up, I think. I read one thing where it was like, yeah, he passed out. So, we just poured a bucket of like freezing water on him and waited for him to wake up. Which again, no power, no heat, bad idea maybe. Sounds horrible. I hope nobody ever has to do anything like that ever again. It, it is a result of just like an yeah. experience, I think. Sam Raimi was also kind of reportedly a dick on set. He likes, yeah, he, he liked torturing his actors because he thought like discomfort would lead to real horror on film. No, um, I hate that. Yeah, it seemed like there was some tension, especially if people are like getting sick and stuff. But on the bright side, in hindsight, most of the cast and crew um, to this day look back at this time fondly, even though parts of it seem to be super difficult. Dang. Yes. Yeah, so well, at, at least they liked it. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it seemed to work out for them. The guy who played Scotty. Freaking um, Scotty. Scotty's the worst. But I the the actor apparently didn't know that the movie got super successful until like way after. And they didn't bring him back for any of the sequels. So, he's just like, oh, cool, I guess. Yeah. Nobody told him? No, it's just like, I mean, you had your like group of four friends and then the rest of them was just like, hey, do you know this guy who can act in our movie? Yeah. He's like, yeah, I guess I know somebody. That's so funny. So, that's that's... Just some of the the nonsense that they had to deal with. Oh, that scene you were talking about. Do you want to hear something funny? Yes, of course. I love hearing funny things. That scene where they were uh, listening to the audio tape section, which mm -hmm. uh, that tape player belonged to Bruce Campbell's dad. That's a fun fact. That's just cute. Ah. The script called for them to be high while they were listening to it. And because it was a bunch of 20-year-olds, they sure got high as hell. Wait, they were supposed to be high in that scene? <laughs> yeah. So, they were, they got like blazed out of their minds trying to film that scene and ended up not being able to use any of it because the actors were just so like rambunctious and boisterous that the, it was just like not salvageable oh so, man i want to see that footage so bad right so they had they had to reshoot that later oh man i want to see the original so bad now yeah it would be it'd be very 
funny. As a Greek friend of mine once said, uh, Hard it down! Yeah. <laughs> we can just run through like the plot now if you want. Yeah, that sounds like, like a good idea. Beat for beat, like bam, bam, bam. Yeah, real quick. Yeah. We'll, we'll take turns and see how well we, we can remember this. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they're in a car, they go to the cabin. We talked about that. There's five young adults. The bench is swinging. It's like, thunk, thunk, thunk. And then they get the weird keys off the door and they're like, it stops. And that's where I would leave. Yes. This cabin (laughs) does not look cozy or romantic or anything. It's a bad scene. That first day, nothing major happens. Although they're just like, this is is weird. They find the basement, I think, right? Um, Yeah. And there's like dead animals and stuff hanging from the ceiling. And it's just like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's really not. I w- I'd be like, why did I get this so cheap? Walk in and be like, no, never mind. That's why. And <laughs> this we- is why I'm leaving. <laughs> I mean, the first half or the first bit goes like pretty soon. Ash's sister, Cheryl, who we mentioned earlier, um, right away is just like, I don't want to be here. Things are weird. Um, she's an artist and she's like sketching in her sketchbook and her hand starts to do stuff by itself, drawing pictures. Draws pictures and she's like, hmm, Mm -hmm. no. (laughs) Yeah, it it draws the, uh, do I have the name? Necronomicon Ex Mortis, the the book of the dead essentially. And they listen to the tapes and the house like starts bumping in a groove in because there's all... Yeah, and it it was already kind of going before we got like that one uh, tracking shot of the the beast or whatever it is in the forest. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think this just kind of like exacerbates the situation. And then they got ghosts and demons. They woke the mom. <laughs> the book is very cool. I like the prop. This is when there's like couple stuff going on. So Scotty and his girlfriend are like making out how this man has a girlfriend. Who knows? I don't know. He sucks so much. He's the worst then, kind of frat boy. Yeah, he's like the worst. Mm. And then Ash is giving his girlfriend like a necklace mm-hmm. with, a, with a little like looking glass thing on it. Yeah. And they're like, aw, cute. And then they're like making out. It does not seem like an atmospheric makeout place, but. No, it, that scene is kind of cute, though, where he's, like, yeah. pretending to be asleep and stuff. It's so cute. That's when he's a himbo. But you said he stops being a himbo. He stops respecting women. <sighs> yeah, it's sad. That's so ridiculous. Why mm. Why would you make him not a himbo? It's um, so funny. But um, <laughs> then the, the sister, she runs outside for some reason. She sees something and she's like, ah, and then runs into the woods. And this is where the trigger warning is. Yes. Here is our our sexual assault warning. She is being chased by, I guess, the beast or the unknown presence in the woods when she is grabbed by a tree and it like starts (laughs) ripping her clothes off. Sorry for laughing. It's just like... No, describing it is wild. It's just Uh, out of nowhere, like a weird porno. Like out of nowhere. Yeah. Weird. It like ties her up on the ground and then assaults her before she is able to get away and find her brother Ash. Uh, is pretty short, but it is very upsetting. It feels long, and also like, who the heck's gonna believe her? Hey, this tree attacked me. 
in a very sexual manner. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, sure it did. You need to go to sleep. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, it's it's wild. Like the tricks they used for that scene, they shot it in reverse because there's a couple of shots where like there are vines crawling up her legs. Um, so that was shot in reverse because that does look cool. They actually just like pulled it off. Like I mentioned, Sam Raimi has said in interviews that he regrets that scene um, because he said it's gratuitous uh, and it was a product of his. Uh, incorrect judgment like keeping Mm. in mind he was a 20 year old dude and 20 year old film students are the fucking worst yeah he just wanted the shock factor you know and i didn't i didn't want to just get his opinion because i feel like as we have talked about previously before the history of violence against women and horror is like super prevalent and this is no exception um so i did find an interview with ellen sandweiss who played the girl in that scene And she talked about her experience. So they actually brought her back for the TV show, which is super cool because like for the sequels and stuff, they don't really bring back many of the characters at all. Each one is kind of like a soft reboot. So it's nice that she was brought back after like all this time. She said in interviews that she still loves Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi. And she said that like with that scene specifically, if it were to be remade today, she is like sure without like without a doubt that it would be done much differently. With that in mind, she says that entertainment in general still needs women in executive and leadership positions and all levels of production, which is definitely, definitely true. I agree. Yeah. (laughs) You said that you would watch the 2013 version, which also includes this scene, although it's done a bit differently. It doesn't seem as long. I remember it not seeming as long. Right. So part of that... Oh, like it's like implied. Mm-hmm. When they went to uh, remake slash create the sequel for the movie, uh, initially the scene was not included in the script and they had an executive producer be like, hey, where's my tree scene? So like they wrote it back into the script. But when it was done in 2013, they tried to make it more of a symbolic thing. So it's not nearly as explicit or gratuitous and it happens in like a dream-like state which is 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 something um you could argue that like hey you don't need to hey hey you don't need to include assault against women in your horror movie especially it just doesn't like again it's not the first time that we've brought up like treatment of women but like it's a pretty damning piece of evidence that like shit was whack um, yeah, and like, why did they have to keep it? It doesn't do anything for the plot at all. Right. Like, it's not like there's some big moral lesson mm-hmm. or anything. Like, it's just like, oh, the scary tree touch lady. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's just like, oh, yeah. So that is that, is that scene. Um, I feel like we had to go into, like, a bit more detail. Yeah. Just, like, from a critical standpoint. This is our, this is our hot take. It's not even that hot of a take, really, if you think about it. Why are you watching? They're listening to this. Uh (laughs) You know, like, oh. Right. I don't know. Like, I'm sure a lot of people defend that scene, but I'm just like, nah, I don't really like, like, assault scenes. Yeah, no. And even, like, even in the context of the rest of it, like, some of the, the gore and stuff is over the top, but it is still, like, kind of slapstick and, like, comedic. And this just does not fit the tone of it. No. At all. So, yeah, moving on 
from that, she gets back to the cabin and tries to uh, have Ash, who she calls Ashley, uh, drive her back into town. She's like, I don't care. I'll, I will stay literally anywhere else as long as I don't have to stay here. Smart. Smart of her to be yes. like, I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. So they get in the car and she's like, it's not going to start. The forest doesn't want us to leave, but it does start. And they start to drive away. Have we talked? We haven't talked about the amount of like fog throughout this entire movie. I remember how much of the budget was used on dry ice. This movie is so dang foggy. It's ridiculous. There's always like some kind of fog machine somewhere. Uh Like anytime they turn a corner, fog. Uh Like a great way to like hide some of your cheaper special effects and stuff. But it is just kind of it's just funny. It's really funny. Because there's no like bodies of water anywhere really um, that they come across. Yeah, just the like creek that they cross. So speaking of, they start to drive (laughs) back to town and they park the car because they hear noises like this weird, like creaky sound effect, not like water creek, but like metal creek. And they get out and the bridge that they crossed has just been like completely thrashed. So just it's like, gone. it's gone. There's no cross in that thing. So they head back to the cabin uh, to relay the information. Um, it's not where I would want to be. I would be like, oh, no. Yeah. No. Nope. nope. <laughs> They're playing cards. They're playing They're cards. Like Everything comfy. is chill for a bit. And then, and then it's not. Cheryl becomes possessed. Uh, Ah. Why have you disturbed our sleep? Awakened us from our ancient slumber. You will die! Like the others before you. One by one we will take you. Uh, and attacks. She's like floating. She's like floating in the air. Yeah. Yeah. The special effects are real cool because her skin is like all green and she's got wig and she's got those terrible contacts in. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, she had them in like the rest of the movie. Right. Which I think. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I know that like they did a lot of stuff where they would like substitute. Uh, I forget what the proper term is. Uh, but, like, if an actor or something wasn't available, they would just use, like, a random person to fill in, especially if it was, like, the back of their body or, like, a hand or something like that. So, Sam Raimi's brother, uh, Ted, who I think would have been, like, 17 at the time, was present throughout this. And, like, he fills in for, like, some of the monsters in later movies. Oh, that's smart. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And then from here, they're just kind of slowly picked off i guess you you mentioned it while we were watching there's a lot of like really prolonged scenes where it's just like the demons are laughing or making weird noises and it's just like a lot of cutting back and forth yeah i forgot the noise oh no it's like <laughs> 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 that's pretty accurate <laughs> i don't know they're like so weird and they just it's like long shots of nothing right and i know it, it's, it's a budget thing but mm-hmm. i was just like it makes you laugh because it's uncomfortable. Right, right. Just like laugh because it's like, what is happening here? Uh-huh. So, Cheryl- also- <laughs> oh, go on, go on. I was just going to say, Cheryl attacks Linda, like stabs a pencil in her ankle, which, oh my gosh, that effect was nasty. 
Dawn was nasty. Cheryl goes into shock and they have to like let her rest and treat her later. Um, but Scotty <laughs> and Ash manage to uh, lock Cheryl in the basement that they explored earlier. Um, yes. They like chain it down and stuff. Uh, and this also starts um, Ash getting thrown into things or falling <laughs> into bookshelves repeatedly. It's so funny. That's I, my favorite part of the movie. It's just Ash running into things or falling over or getting thrown into things. It's so funny. Right. So Ash is, is effectively our final guy for this thing. And so you would think that like... You know, if you if you watch other horror, especially like slasher things with that final girl trope, you'd think he'd be like cool and badass and like have all these quippy lines, which is definitely the case later. And uh, But no, he is uncoordinated and just like constantly getting the shit kicked out of him. It's so funny. It's so funny. You can make a drinking game out of every time he is slammed into a bookshelf or something. Right. He would get so drunk. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think actually that like Scotty is the one who gets Cheryl into the basement because Ash has just been like knocked back or something. Yeah. And then Cheryl's just in the basement being annoying the whole time. Mm-hmm. She's just like. <laughs> <laughs> like, join us. Uh, yeah. And then we have to have the scene where where they debate like what they're gonna do, and Scotty's like, "No, we'll just board up the windows," and, and they're like, "Well, we can't board up the windows against these things. They're in here." Doesn't uh, Scotty's girlfriend get possessed, and then he's just like chill with murdering her? Okay, yeah. So the girls go to the bedrooms to chill out. Well, one of them is like knocked out because she got stabbed and is in shock. Uh, the other but, one just goes and takes a nap, which is silly. Yeah, but she is woken up by some noises and she goes to the window and the demon breaks through uh, the unseen demon. And then she gets possessed, yeah. And we have a pretty cool fight scene, I would say. Like, yeah. for as low budget as this is, between uh, Shelly and Scotty. God, these names. Why do they, <laughs> like, why? So many of them sound alike. And it's just that there's so many, like, shh. Names, Shelly, yeah, Ash, Cheryl. I can't do it. Linda is, is her own thing. Uh, Scotty. <laughs> this, this movie is a nightmare for podcasters just because of all the like plusives you have to you have to say. I knew I could not remember the names. I was like, I'm not going to be able to do it. There's Ash and the others. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he said, Scotty very quickly is just like, all right, time to kill my girlfriend. Yeah, he's just like stab time and they got this like ritualistic knife right yeah it's like the only thing that stops them temporarily ash tries to help i think he tries to like shoot her with the shotgun and just misses or something yeah Um, and then he just falls into another bookshelf uh uh-huh you want to know something that's gonna make you a little angry <laughs> oh no um they had to for many of the scenes involving the shotgun they had to use live ammunition so like there were two in particular where like he shoots at the door and then the rest oh. of the the rest of them they like did it in post and stuff that's so stressful yeah super there's a there's a scene when they find the shotgun in the basement mm-hmm. and Scotty points at Ash's face, and I was like, ah, no. Yeah, no. And knowing that now, especially, like. Yeah, like, oh, no. Scotty's a dick. He's the worst. Yeah, he's the worst. Ugh. 
I was just like, when does Scotty die? <laughs> right towards the end, unfortunately. I know. Uh, uh, but they chop up his girlfriend. I will say my least favorite special effect, but probably like the most effective was they like spit milk out. Yeah. So that was, <laughs> I don't know how much research you did on the special effects and stuff. Not a lot. More just like fun facts. Okay. So I do know that the, the milk was used in an effort to like lower the rating of the movie, it didn't work. It was yeah, still NC seventeen, and it got banned in multiple countries. Yeah, uh, it was worth a shot, I guess. Oh, I almost forgot. Shelly gets thrown into the fireplace uh, before they stab her in the back, and so there's like a cool like burn effect. That's the main thing, right? Her hair turns like stark white, I think, and her face does after she gets yep. burned. Pretty gross. Yeah, it's nasty. It's cool. It's cool effects, though. It's cool. Mm-hmm. This is where the shot where she like chews off her hand after getting stabbed. Um, yeah. Uh. Thank you. I don't know what we have done if I had remained on those hot coals burning my pretty flesh. You have pretty skin. Real nasty. Super nasty. Uh, but yeah, they chop her up with an axe uh, because that is... The only way, there are two ways to quote unquote cure someone of their demon possession. The first is dismembering all of their limbs and the second one involves them being buried alive. I might be confusing that last one with the remake. There's a part later where Ash tries to bury Linda without dismembering her. It does not work. No. Oh, and then Scotty's just like, all right, cool. I just murdered my girlfriend. I'm a bail. Yeah, he just tries to leave. He tries to go find that that hiking trail that they passed. And it doesn't go well. We just got Ash and Linda for a bit. Yeah, he goes to check on her. And then she starts like laughing and stuff, right? She's funny. Yeah, all she does is laugh. Uh Uh-huh. It's like a... Like a clown or like a creepy doll. Yeah, I mean, she tries to murder too, but she just like sits there and laughs. Scotty comes back and he's like, the trees are possessed. And it's like, yeah, Cheryl tried to tell you that. Yeah. It's like, you wouldn't, and then, you wouldn't listen. And then, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, then, he gets knocked out. Mm-hmm. And then Linda becomes possessed and she attacks him. Shut up! I think he just like stabs her in the arm or something with the knife. Yeah, and then he just like locks her outside. Mm-hmm. He's he... just like go outside. <laughs> <laughs> right. He's so grief stricken. That he cannot bring himself to dismember his girlfriend. No. Sad, sad himbo that he is. He respect her too much. He do respect her too much. He like leaves and he comes back and Cheryl has escaped. So he goes into the basement um, where we have a nice little Hills Have Eyes poster Easter egg there. Which is a reference because in the Hills Have Eyes there's like a torn picture of Jaws. Because at the time, Jaws was, quote unquote, the scariest movie ever made. (laughs) And so when they made The Hills Have Eyes, Wes Craven, he was like, well, this is going to be the scariest movie ever made. 
And so we put that poster on there. And then I guess Sam Raimi was like, well, this is going to be the scariest movie ever made. Uh, <laughs> and so, yeah. And so like, there's, there's a lot of fun Easter eggs in the sequels. There's like a, a Freddy's claw in one of the uh, like decrepit cabins or wood shop. The Easter eggs are really cute. I, I like them. Yeah. So he goes into the basement to try and find Cheryl um, and can't for a bit. There's the scene with all the blood. There's the blood oh, scene. Yeah, 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 yeah. That right. scene is gross, but mm. also iconic, I feel like. Yeah, it, like he is downstairs and it's already kind of wet and nasty. There's for sure some kind of mold down there. And then like the TV turns on. And the light bulbs start flickering, and then they start getting filled with blood. And yeah, then... the light bulb filling with blood. It's kind of a cool effect. I don't know how I they like did that. Um, it's... But then it like explodes, and there's blood everywhere. Um, and poor Bruce Campbell is just like choking and hacking on all of it, and trying and like just screaming his heart out. Covered um, in disgusting blood. Do they have anywhere to shower? Nope. No. I thought they smelled so bad. Yeah, no, they were. <laughs> that was like, another oh, no. thing. It's like whenever they did have to go back into town or whatever, um, Bruce would have to like ride in the bed of a truck just covered in fake blood. Um, <laughs> which I'm sure That's looked so looked great. Um, That's so funny. I didn't, I didn't see the reports of them like getting pulled over or anything. Uh, uh, did you know you have a person covered in blood in your truck? It's the 80s. It's fine. Nobody cares. They didn't. They did not care in the 80s. Yeah. It's a really cool scene. It's really tense. It's just so, so messy. Yep. Then he has to go kill his friends. Yeah. Then he gets attacked by Cheryl, him sister. And, and Scott, right? Yes. Mm. Yes. Yeah, they're both attacking. When he does bury Linda, there's a lot of scenes. It's, why did I forget that? There's so many scenes where he's just like, shut up, Linda, shut up. And she's just laughing like wildly. So um, fun. It's so, it's good. He's just so frustrated. He makes the worst decisions over and over again. Yeah, um, he should just chop her up, but he doesn't. He decapitates her. Scotty and Cheryl. Yes. They're attacking. Uh-huh. And he, he throws the book into the fire. Yeah. And it. It works. It works. It works. The, the book starts to burn, um, which I think they try in the, the remake and it doesn't, right? Yeah, no, I don't think it works. It's like fire, fireproof. Or if you're going to have an evil book made of human flesh with spells and stuff in it, you should at least fireproof it. Yeah. The, the fight between Cheryl, Ash, and Scotty is pretty drawn out, too. It lasts a good while. And you're just like, why are they not? Like, this could have been over so soon just end this poor boy but i think they're just getting some they're getting a kick out of just like messing with him at this point because they really are just drawing it out but they they make it seem like the like the, the deadites or whatever like messing with people so mm -hmm. yeah I, and i guess that's just part of them having all different personalities and and stuff mm -hmm. more milk more milk milk here there's a really like, <laughs> there's a really cool effect where they start to like rapidly decompose stop motion in there there's probably some like filming in reverse there's just like a lot going on for a scene that seems to take 
forever. I did look that part up too for the effect. There's no like real claim on what the entire recipe is for the decomposing deadite. Um, you can't just make it in your store. But uh, Sam Raimi said that it does involve milk and oatmeal and cockroaches and just about everything else. Um, no. <laughs> I just don't like milk. It's the milk that does it for me. Right. We we had the same thing in the the alien yeah, movie. It's going to be a trend. Like, uh-huh. I'm being like, I hate milk. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, it's uh, gross. I, I hate looking at it. I don't like smelling it. Like, it's uh, gross. I feel like when I see it, I can smell it. And it's just... <laughs> well, the good thing is, since there's no power, it would have been cold milk and not stinky warm milk. Yeah, it's all bad. All milk is bad. <laughs> but I think the, the, the deadites, even after they decompose, they like explode with blood or something too. Uh-huh. So Ash is just like completely drenched when he leaves he think everything is okay the sun is coming out uh but then the unseen force gotta come in for one last scare and it attacks him from behind and that's how the movie ends he uh, goes ah ah it's like a close-up ah. on his face uh and that's it I'm it's probably, fun it's very fun i have a couple of like you know, uh, pretentious like movie things I can say about it. <laughs> Just like, you know, this, this movie's more of an exercise in like gore and dark humor than the plot. But it's like, it's almost perfect. Like every, yeah, almost. everything about this like finished product is like intentional from the narrative and visual perspective, even in scenes where it's like super uncomfortably or yeah, uncomfortably brutal. It's like kind of hard to to look away. Um, it is. It's just because it's so simple. Mm-hmm. It's just fun to watch, even though it's scary and there's like horrible stuff happening. You're just like, oh, I want to watch it. Right. I, I made the like film student comparison earlier, and I think the only like the biggest difference between that and like any any productions that I was on is that when you are on like a tight budget. And like short schedule, usually it is a matter of like, we'll just, we have to get this done as quick as possible. Like if the shot's not perfect, we'll work with it because we've only got so many takes, especially then since they're shooting like on film, yeah. that, that may be more a statement on like the digital format. But because they had those limitations, each shot had to be like carefully planned. You had to use blocking with your actors, be like, okay, you're going to take three steps, turn, and then do this. And so that's a style of directing called mise-en-scene, I think. And usually involves like storyboarding. It's a fully like well-drawn-out process. And so I think because of that and the amount of care that went into this movie, it is like structurally very, very sound. Um, yeah, you can tell. And like... You don't have to care about the characters. That's also what I like. Like, it doesn't want you to feel bad that they turned into deadites, really. Like, it doesn't give you long enough to be like, oh, I'm connected to this character and I'm crying because they've been chopped up. Like, you're just like, ha Right. They got chopped up, you know? Like, it's uh-huh. like... It's funny. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's more like... I don't know. It's, it's good that they don't let you get, like, super connected to them, at least in this one. Right. Ash is the only character that we kind of care about. He's, He's a cute little himbo. Yes. He, he loses that himbo status as the series I'm goes so on. I'm so sad. Why? So, 
I'm going to do a quick plug here for uh, a friend that I went to school with. Uh, She did a video about the series as a whole. And she has a theory that the events of the first movie might have happened within the universe. And then from that point forward, the rest of the series is just Ash telling different versions of this first story, like at a bar, trying to pick up women. And so this is backed up by like a couple different things from various like end credit scenes and like the beginning of the TV show, especially with that one. He like says a different story for how he loses his hand and how his ex-girlfriend dies. Um, He doesn't lose his hand in this one. That happens in the sequel. Yeah. So, yeah, this is the, the first movie is like largely standalone, but everything afterwards, like through all the rewrites and stuff is maybe supposed to come from a uh, unreliable narrator. That would make sense. Which is a, is a cool theory. I, I super dig it. Um, if you want to check out that video, it's very good. It's Nick's Fears on YouTube. It's run by May. She's very, she's very knowledgeable. She knows so much more about like film from a technical standpoint than I ever will. Yeah, I'm just here to talk about like as... As a normal watcher, <laughs> I don't know anything about making film. I just know what I like to watch, mm-hmm. which yeah. I think it's, it's cool, too. The novelty, for lack of a better word, of this first movie is like really what set in motion the rest of the series. Like you mentioned, Stephen King's a huge fan of it. The movie went on to tour in several locations. Yeah, I just have like assorted, like scattered thoughts for that we could hit on. Yeah, um, I was banned in a bunch of countries. I know you mentioned mm-hmm. earlier, mainly for the one scene that we talked about. Yes. Um, but I listed it was banned in Finland, Germany, Iceland, and Ireland. Oh, so many. Uh, they described it as misogynistic mm. and due to graphic violence. So yeah, this the series the the first movie definitely could fall under like cult classic, but I think the series as a whole has branched out to so many different mediums that you can't really call it it's it's a blockbuster franchise i mean you can play as ash in dead by daylight yeah yeah there are a couple of evil dead video games there's the sequels as as we talked about the musical which i had no idea (laughs) existed yeah Yeah, there's a musical i'd be very interested to see how that works i love i love all the prolonged zombie noises and staring that's very good (laughs) The special effects are wild and fantastic. They break the first rule that you never split the party. Yep, yep. I feel very bad for Shelly almost all the time because Scotty is just the worst. Oh, and that's something. Uh, So this is probably the most, talking about the series, this is probably the most like quote unquote, quote, horrific it gets. It's the most horror based ones because they become sillier and more comedic as, as, as it goes on. Also, we were we were right uh, at the very beginning of the movie. There is a cameo where they pass by a couple of hikers um, who wave at them, uh, and that is Sam Raimi and Robert Tapper. That's their cameo. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, you were like, I'm sure that's who it is. Uh, but, but yeah, it's it's very good. Highly good, recommend. Yeah, watch it. Definitely watch it. It's fun. It's not too long either, so it's short and fun, and it's very violent, but. Not too violent. It's like it hits all the the right points. Mm-hmm. It's that slapstick. Like it's just it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it, 
you can't go in taking it too seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it, is that going to do it for us here today? Yeah, I I think my fun facts have all been shared. The Stephen King one was my favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up a lot with my mom reading like tons of Stephen King books. So, yeah. like, oh, that's really neat. Mm-hmm. I'm glad he likes it. It does make sense. I love Bye. doing this show so much. Me too. It's so fun. It's so fun. Thank you for hanging out. We'll, we'll see you all in the next episode. Yeah, G- bye. Goodbye. You've been listening to Monster Masquerade. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to let us know somewhere on the internet and consider sharing the show with a friend. If you have a suggestion or topic you'd like to see us discuss, hop on over to our Patreon to unlock exclusive bonus content and do just that. And we'd super appreciate it if you could leave us a review on iTunes. It's the fastest way to help the show grow. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find podcasts. 